0: Howdy-do. Howdy-do. This is my country house. This is my randomizer. It's rather lovely. Oh, thank you. Do you have the printout? Ah, Ah, well, this crumpled piece of paper informs me that today's episode is Space 1999, the Seance Spectre. (laughs) Ah. So. Space 1999 didn't show up on the randomizer in time for breakaway, but uh, here it is, a couple of weeks late Earth orbit. for the Seance Spectre.
1: It is now three weeks since we sighted the space phenomenon we call Torah.
0: Let's let Helena explain things for us here first.
1: We don't know whether it is a habitable planet, but false hopes have been raised before. And since Commander Koenig doesn't want to raise false hopes again, he has ordered the few people who are aware of the situation to keep it secret. The command centre has been put off-limits to all but a few chosen personnel.
0: I like this idea. I like the idea that um, not only are the command centre staff keeping the sort of... What's the word? Morale. That's the word I'm looking it's for. just gone. I
2: don't understand it.
0: Um, but also it, it lends itself to a, a very nice idea for a story.
2: Screens are all blank. We're approaching a planet. A habitable planet. I'm sure of
1: it. You've predicted it before.
0: Because this is something that this show... I think the fans of this show have often thought about, but it was never really addressed.
2: Why should we guess?
0: Let's find out. The idea that, you know, Koenig is in charge of Alpha. Okay, that's fine. He was there when the moon was blown out of orbit. Okay, but now we're a few years into the journey into deep space. Is he going to stay commander forever? Is this, um, you know, this is more than just a... A scientific base. Now this is a community, and um, what do you got to me? Is he, you know, is he just sort of commander for life, or maybe this should um, should start to become a democracy, perhaps? So I like that this episode touches on those themes. change of position. Doesn't really quite uh, explore them as, as much as perhaps.
1: Record a source of internal energy, which has caused a definite change of position.
0: Longtime fans might might hope for. But it's nice that it's been considered.
2: You know, Commander Koenig's orders. Command center's off limits. Well, if those are the commander's orders. <coughs> oh
0: no. time have changed. And we have a black security guard who is not Quentin Pierre. He turns up later, um, who will also get knocked out. But uh, meanwhile, I'm
2: supposed to be here, right?
0: Sanderson and his crew have let themselves into command center. What you've got on that screen. Having overpowered the one guard.
2: Limit, <laughs>
0: So, I love as well how everybody reacts differently to being hit by the stun beam. Tony is thrown sideways. Maya falls forward. Sandra is also falling sideways. So I also love that Maya being pushed off the desk is in time with the music. <laughs> That's very classy. So uh, yes we have um, Greg Sanderson
2: like I said.
0: being played by uh, Ken Hutchinson who is it Hutchinson or Hutchison? Um, Whoever he is, he he passed away uh, Only about a month ago, I think So this is a a reasonably timely appearance For the Seance Spectre on The Randomizer. Also along with him are uh, There's a chap called Stevens Who I can't remember the actor's name He has appeared in the show before He was Costo um, An Eagle co-pilot in Space Brain He was the uh, co-pilot who got crushed by the Space Brain There's Chernick Played by Nigel Pegram And Eva Played by Carolyn Seymour, who will be a familiar name to uh, all fans of, of cult and, and genre TV. She's done everything from, you know, Star Trek The Next Generation and Voyager to, uh, I think she was in Return of the Saints, she's in Remington Steel, she was uh, also in the first series of Survivors, which I watched for the first time earlier this year and uh, was rather impressed. And I also missed her character when she left. Anyway, that's our, our crew of guest characters.
2: We've got to get back immediately. Eagle 4 to Moonbase Alpha.
0: Sanderson and his gang have taken over Command Center and they're holding a little seance. But unfortunately, Trees. Koenig and Allen have found
2: Tora and Moonbase Alpha on direct collision course. That. Alert. It's a habitable planet.
0: And there's a phrase you're going to hear a lot throughout this episode. Planet.
2: the prediction
0: was to the point where, again, it's one of those um, catchphrases or slogans. I would like to to see that on a shirt, you know, a picture of Sanderson at his uh, frothiest, m- maniacalist. Just it's a habitable planet. Also, um, an interesting fact relating to the randomizer: this is the first time that the uh, that Space Nineteen Ninety Nine Series Two has appeared on the randomizer in over a year. Uh, I suspect that is probably the longest gap between episodes from a particular show or or season of a show. And, you know what, the fact that nobody has been asking for it, nobody has asked why we haven't had a second season episode in over a year, uh, is a bit revealing. But um, I've always said, you know, I have a lot of time for the second season. If you just, you know, kind of forget for a moment the first season I look at this as a different universe a slightly skewed take on the uh, the original concept not necessarily a direct continuation from the first year and in that sense there is a lot to enjoy in the second series and this is one of the, the stronger episodes from this year so now Koenig and Alan because of course it was them have uh, retaken command centre Sanderson and his crew have been led away
1: uh, she'll be fine uh...
0: Who's that? Who's going? Ah, auto hypnosis. Who's moaning on the soundtrack there? Consider criminal. It's green sickness, John. You know the symptoms. Is mutiny one of the symptoms.
1: Well, it could be, but I have to take. And
0: again, this is a nice idea as well. The idea that um, you know a lot of the people on Alpha are—they never get to go down to these these planets that the uh, the moon drifts past. So a lot of people are going a bit stir crazy. It's. It's a nice gelling of little ideas that um really could could each be their own own story the the green sickness angle and also the idea of Koenig as essentially a dictator
1: teams are beginning to show signs I'm gonna to have to limit surface exploration to fifteen days maximum at a time
0: and some people have said the idea that alpha is sending out surface exploration teams uh, is a bit strange I um. I've, I think it's it's quite uh, understandable, really, that you know you've you're this lone outpost far from home, but you have essentially a whole world with you. It's why when uh, when eagles are, are trashed and, and destroyed, and then we've got a full complement next week, I, I don't I don't really mind because I can just about believe that somewhere on this moon are the raw materials needed to make all this work. So it's um, In a planet. it's a nice idea. Again, we don't see it though. Sanderson's habitable planet. Well, let's hope Maya's instruments are wrong.
2: Because if Tora's got a hard core and we're on a collision course with it,
0: God help us. You yeah. haven't got Victor here to set up a string of satellites or anything.
2: signal prepared,
0: right? Well, we just got back.
1: My preliminary diagnosis is that you're suffering from a condition that we've termed green sickness. You are one of the first people assigned to Alpha, and the psychological oh. pressures have had longer to build Interesting up. Interesting
0: fact there. Alpha. Harry McBeardy is one of the original Alphans.
1: You want to marry, you want children You feel that your life is slipping away
0: And some people have said that uh, they find Ken Hutchison's performance A bit too over the top I think, generally I think It's pitched perfectly, you know, the character is written A bit over the top This second series generally is, is occasionally Over the top, so he's a nice fit
1: Now Greg I'm going to see Koenig You can't, you're confined here until further notice
2: Who's confining me?
1: Security.
0: Let's see security force as trained by Tony Vadeshi in action. Ah, Tony Vadeshi has trained them well. Way to we stop him. You remember Tony Vadeshi is the security chief. I don't think he does. I like that these the two security guards he's just beaten up there. Uh, one is Paul Weston who appeared infrequently throughout both seasons. The other is played by, I believe his name is Nick Hobbs, and he had previously played a security guard in Space Warp, but he had also been Clive Kandor in The Bringers of Wonder, which was, um, I think, only part one. He gets uh, set on fire in the records room. And uh, that was only two episodes before this, so in case people might recognise him, what they've done is they've given him the biggest fake moustache they could find in their prop store. He looks very funny.
2: Because in a normal lifestyle, we'd make our own decision.
0: This is a lovely idea.
2: Alt. And there'd be no place for Commander Koenig's dictatorship.
0: The idea that there are some people who would see Koenig's command as a, as a dictatorship and not a democracy.
2: Everyone on Alpha will be told.
0: Because it's not really a democracy.
2: That, but I don't!
0: You know, it's, it's, there's nothing um, sinister about it. It is a very benevolent command for the most part. But it is, generally, Koenig says, jump and we jump. All right. All right. Every piece of... D- how long could that arrangement have really lasted?
2: ...main computer. Now that way everyone on Alpha will see what's happening as it happens step by step on their screens. Now how does that suit you? I
0: will buy. It's one of the things I-, I liked about the new Battlestar Galactica, actually, that you have this military command structure in charge of Galactica, but you also have civilian authorities... Right. ...wielding power alongside that. For lift off.
2: Right, Mr. Carter? So you're beating up the guards now, huh?
1: What the hell is the
2: matter with you, Saunderson?
1: He's sick, Tony.
0: There's Nick Hobbs and his amazing mustache.
1: Oh, I just see clearer than the rest of you.
2: Oh, yeah? Well, everything you see from now on is going to be via the monitors of the restriction area. Now get him out of here.
0: And the other security guard actor had also been set on fire.
1: I want him back in medical
0: the end of License to, License to Kill, goes up in flames. Okay. But I want him constantly under guard. And I mean properly this time. Because if he's not, I'm gonna write a letter to the chief of security. Oh no, that's my job, isn't it? Oh. Oh dear. I love it when uh, Tony Vadeshi doesn't realise what his own job entails. Anyway, Koenig and Meyer are off to investigate. Ego Wanda alpha,
2: on course for Torah. Torah. What we're dealing with
1: here is an oh, What we're
0: here, with, here, we're dealing with here we're here with? this is a rare um occasion of a flubbed line being left in the the show
1: in my case yes no.
0: the only other one i can think of at least in a live action show is in the ufo episode close up ed bishop is giving a demonstration and he he says the wrong line but he just says or the right line and it, it it's it's um she's in love yeah when you've got a skilled performer like ed bishop or barbara Bain, i think that's the first time i've ever actually noticed that she she mangled her line there Anyway, Eva is being released from Sick Bay, not Sick Bay Medical Centre. I'm confused because it looks a bit different to how it would normally look. Medical Centre in the second season, and indeed in the first season, seem to change fairly regularly.
1: Medical emergency, medical emergency, recycling plants one and two, recycling plants
0: one and two. Ah, so there's an intercom that's never been in an alpha corridor before.
1: What's happening, Helena? I'll let you know as soon as I find out, Tony. Okay. <laughs>
0: It's <laughs> our brave security chief again. Oh, what's happening? Oh. Yeah, so um, a, a fake message has been called in by Eva. It was clearly Eva, and now the entire staff of medical centre have been deployed. And she has overpowered George, the security guard, played by Harry Fielder, with a, a little can of spray that she's uh, sprayed him in the face. Will she be able to get past security guard number two, Quentin Pierre? Yep. Ah, again, Tony Vadeshi. I don't know what he's teaching his security guards, but uh, it could be knitting for all we know.
1: How far in do you want to go?
2: Not so far in that we can't pull away at the first sign of gravitational drag.
0: I also liked the mention at the very start of the episode in Helena's log that they'd been watching Tora for...
2: Yuclido approach to range three.
0: Was it a few weeks or a month? It. I like that the second series feels... Again, supported by the dates that she gives It takes place over a number of years I like that in some cases Certain episodes feel like They're taking place over a longer period Than just, you know, a few days Anyway, Sanderson and his crew Have invaded the computer room Looking totally different from The computer room that we saw in the first season In Black Sun, but of course it was
1: Poor
0: old Kano Nowhere to be seen
1: First atmospheric indications High density High carbon dioxide content,
0: unbreathable.
2: I'm getting a slight tremor here. Could be atmospheric vibration, or the beginning of a gravity pull. Watch it, John.
0: I like as well that uh, Command Center has now got the regular extras in there. Having started out the episode with, or only a few people know about this, Sanderson has said, hang on a second, this is wrong. And Koenig, he hasn't verbally agreed with him, but uh, you can see by the fact that the regular extras are back that... uh, he at least agrees with that part of his viewpoint not so much with this uh, sabotage of computer though which of course is achieved by pulling out a few trays the and gone, Maya.
2: looks like you're clear to go in as close as you like
0: yeah or oh, the gravity is just gone go right in have a tea party
2: zero of gravity i can't believe it. something's wrong
1: let me switch to the onboard computer
2: Maya, everyone in Alpha will think we're holding back information. We stay with main computer like I said. Oh,
0: again, I like that. Koenig is, is determined to to stick with, you know, let, let's share this information. Okay, we're not a dictatorship. That's fine. Some interesting angles in the, uh, the eagle cockpit here as well. I'm not so much a fan of the effect shots of the, the eagle flying through fog, but the stuff on the planet that we're about to get is very nice.
1: Circuit one, okay. Circuit two, okay. Oh, are those, um, uh,
0: sort of price displays that you would get on old, uh, old-timey cash machines computer malfunction. near Sandra's desk? I think there might have been. Well, you press anything into, uh, into service as a computer on Alpha.
2: <laughs> it's too late! Now you'll have to find that
0: planet, Commander! Again, having having Sanderson sort of giggling evilly there um, while his crew sort of look on smiling is a, may, oh, maybe a bit hammy, a bit too much uh, of a villain. Um, especially considering what's about to happen.
1: Commander, it's the
0: planet? Yeah, there's a bit of noticeable uh, ADR from Catherine Shaw there. And here we go! One of my favourite eagle crashes in the history of the show. I think because it hits like Two or three different rocks on the way down. Ah, oh, and this does, despite the fact that I said you know I'm not a big fan of the fog. This does look at, like a very alien world.
1: Moonbase Arthur to Eagle One.
0: Not just alien, but inhospitable as well. The fact that it's just this yellow mist everywhere. And we get this silent shot of the Eagle crashed on the surface. I believe in this 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 world of Torah.
2: Maya, you all right? <coughs> yeah. Get the helmets!
0: Where do we store the helmets now that we've uh, removed the interior corridor, the connecting corridor on the interior set? Everything's leaking and fuming. Ah, oh, there we go. Bit of a bit of a sticky paper over the hole. that will soon fix that. Oh, yeah, and spray foam. That was a thing they used in the first season, wasn't it, wasn't it with uh, Matthias spraying up the window. They're both... <coughs> Ah, oh, they would be.
2: Let's out of here! Seal us off.
0: That's the uh, camera helmet again, uh, seen in Bringers of Wonder, I think.
1: We better check the oxygen.
0: Oh, damaged, broken. What is it? What's the problem with the oxygen?
1: Our oxygen recycling plant is listed five percent effective. Insufficient to maintain life.
0: Oh, we've well and truly knackered another eagle. That's the thing I, I like as well about Eagle crashes is not only do they crash beautifully, everything inside breaks.
2: This is command center the Eagle One. Are you receiving me?
0: It's not like on Star Trek where you get oh if we can bolt this to this or make something out of this, and it's like no everything is everything is screwed. <laughs> Except for that one time in the Immunity Syndrome where they they managed to bolt a radio onto the solar cells.
1: Engines and guidance systems intact.
0: Intact, Um could you pull them out of
2: there on the remote
0: control? We'll give it a try. Oh, everyone's so excited. I like this. Again as well, I like that they only have the remote control unit on the consoles when it's actually needed, otherwise you don't see it.
2: no sign of Sanderson. Well, how about level A? Well, that was cleared first. All right, we'll start again from square one. I want Sanderson found.
0: Tony Videshi, again, expert security force. Nobody seems to know what they're doing with regards to finding Sanderson. Oh, but this is nice, though. Forward the lights coming on in the cockpit and the controls working themselves. Again, the camera moving to, to suggest the, the movement of the vehicle. Come on, baby. Come on. And only Nick Tate could make fiddling with a pair of very small joysticks look as intense and dramatic as he's managing to make it look here. Again, this is a first. We've, we've crashed an eagle, but we're actually going to be able to salvage it. I think this is unique to the the show. It's the first time they've crashed an eagle and they've been able to retrieve it, except for the ones presumably that uh, bits of them may have been recovered if they were crashed near the base.
1: Commander,
2: we've only got enough oxygen for one
0: hour.
2: I know a source of a oxygen.
0: Vegetation. Lift off! Yay. I love this music as well, and the fact that one of the pods falls off the eagle. That's lovely. Not so. It's not so convincing. Uh, Landau and, and Shell running up and down the uh, the eagle to suggest being buffeted around.
1: But a plant needs the sun so it can start the photosynthesis process to turn carbon dioxide into
0: oxygen.
2: Hmm. Or something that faces the sun, like a bright light.
0: And here's one of the more baffling features of the eagle we can turn up the lights really, really bright. Um, not just, you know... I mean, this is, like, bl- almost blindingly bright. I don't see the, the the point for this, except, you know, if you happen to have your, your alien shapeshifter along who needs to turn into plants and uh, cover the, uh, the passenger module. But I like as well that um, this eagle is missing two of the the, the leg pods... But it's also missing the... Yeah, it's missing all but one landing um, foot. It looks really knackered and broken, and yet it still flies. We have a Nobody's asking security to do anything. They're probably, uh, I don't know, they've got their heads stuck down the toilet or something. Lots of stock footage of people running around Alpha, though, and uh, our amazingly broken Eagle has uh, has returned to Alpha. Uh, not only very quickly, but also, uh, you know, no further disasters have befallen it. This is a very nice touchdown from our on to launch area. Lower
1: Eagle One
0: to launch I adore this music as well, by the way. It doesn't quite fit the scene, but it, it's just... I'm always so happy to hear it turn up. It's got wonderful energy to it. I, I really associate it more with, uh, with Space Warp and the Beta Cloud, though. Fight scenes, I think, more for this music. They don't even let it finish.
1: Where did all this vegetation come from?
0: Maya has filled the passenger module. Maya? It's a nice idea. Um, again, I, I, I don't... I don't think the science of it m- makes much sense, but you know the science of Maya doesn't really make much sense at all.:
1: One thing about oxygen deprivation. We can tell fast if there's been brain damage.:
0: There's always brain damage in this show, although that's a more first season thing, brain damage, but uh, still a bit of it in the second. I also like that Alan is helping Helena with uh, the medical stuff. you know, the two medics they brought along aren't doing anything. Oh, do you hear me? But Alan, because he's got that, uh, that medical patch on his, uh, on his jacket. You know who I am. He knows some kind of first aid. Come on, John. Saw you before in my life. Dr. Russell. Hey, so we're back from Tora. It's a bit of a death trap. Meanwhile, Moonbase Alpha's crack security force have uh, have finished their afternoon nap. Oh, for goodness sake, one of them has just walked past straight past Sanderson and his crew. They've uh, taken up residence in a travel tube. Again, you know, the, it's a nice idea, but um, maybe we need to vote on who's going to be commander of the base. I think we should also vote on who's going to be in charge of security. Indeed, who gets to work on security? Period on this base. While we were concentrating on you, Sanderson broke in here and sabotaged the main computer. Again, I'm going to have words with the security chief about guarding this room. We just want down. Sanderson and crew are trapped in a travel tube. No way to get to them.
2: Travel tube section D. Sanderson.
0: I would have assumed that somewhere on Alpha there's one very bored person whose sort of job it is to to manage the, the Travel Tube network.
2: Oh, you admit there's a planet then? It's not a habitable planet, it's just a weather belt. Just a weather belt? With a thick core of dust and unbreathable gas. Sanderson, we've been on your exploration team from the beginning. You've gotten us out of some pretty tight spots. What are you saying? You're saying what we both feel, Sanderson. He's saying out there on
0: the moon's surface we wouldn't think of questioning your judgment. What you say goes. Plenty of times it's the only way we've stayed alive. It might have been nice to see actually some of this, some of their their scrapes out on the lunar surface. It might make this feel like more of a team. He's lying! As it is, we have three good performers
2: He's trying to make us give up!
0: and one okay performer. Our present
2: course will be drawn into orbit around Tora.
0: But they they don't really feel like they quite gel as a team. Perhaps it's because Sanderson feels more independent than uh,
2: The prediction says so! You
0: know, he's almost bordering on being like a messiah figure a sort of cult leader almost He feels he feels more like a lone wolf than uh, the leader of a team
1: On our present course we collide with the dust planet in eight hours mm.
2: Eight hours Tony, is there any way we can alter Taurus' trajectory? Oh, no! We just... <laughs>
0: Oh, I like I like Tony's reaction there. Sort of, what, what, what? I barely know how tea works.
2: 1999, the way this whole thing started, when the nuclear waste dumps blew up.
0: Remember that? Oh no, you weren't there, Tony.
1: The atomic waste. Ah, some of it.
2: It's the only way. We have to create an explosion big enough to shift the moon one or two degrees off its course. Maya, give me a damage forecast on a sudden two-degree shift.
1: Anticipate severe damage in all sections. High fire risk.
0: None of that is evident later after they've made the the two degree course change. But I, again, it um,
1: forecast zero survival rate.
0: I think if you look at it in production order, "Bringers of Wonder" Part Two, Lambda Factor, and then this this is our second. Um, we've got a nuclear waste area that we didn't have before in three weeks, which is very strange because you know that was a huge thing in the first episode. We've blown up all the nuclear waste dumps. Oh, now we have another one. Oh, and it went, now we have another one over here. And I think in this episode, it's...
2: Like you trusted me before.
0: It's meant to be the same ones. So, are, is Alpha creating its own nuclear waste now? Concentrate. Again, that's one of the things with the second series. I think trying to make it fit the first series, um, it doesn't always work. Here we go. We're, we're packing.
2: Better take that along just to be on the safe side. <laughs>
0: Yes, the the thing that we've got to take along is a little box with a a couple of knobs on it that uh, Glenda Allen was holding there. You know, we could potentially lose the base, but if we lose that box, oh no, life is not going to be worth living.
1: survive on a fleet of transporter eagles, we'll be at each other's throats.
2: You know, a lot of elephants said the same thing when we
1: split away from Earth. John Koenig philosophy. If the chip's on the table, we're still in the game.
0: Right Another nice idea that the, the thought that if Alpha is wrecked and everyone is taken to the Eagles and they have to stay there, how would that work long term? Again, that is a fascinating idea that the episode doesn't really doesn't really address, and I don't feel it's because it it doesn't want to address it because none of these ideas of you know Alpha as a democracy and so forth have ever really come up before. I think this episode is just more concerned with um, you know doing its own thing telling its own exciting little story but there's some nice ideas that you do wish oh
2: when we trigger the
0: for long-term fans maybe it wouldn't be more more appealing for casual fans but
2: station uh, I
0: would like to to see some examination of Koenig's command as a dictatorship versus democracy and um, you know the the possibility of yeah, leaving Alpha permanently in the Eagles.
2: Eva! Chardin,
0: that seems like the sort of thing Big Finish might do. Um, you know, everyone on Alpha has temporarily evacuated into the Eagles and then suddenly the moon is gone. Oh no, how are we going to cope with this? we're
1: still here. Just suppose, for a moment, that Koenig is telling the truth about this dust planet. To save the moon base he'll have to trigger off the atomic waste, whether we're still here or not.
2: I have information, Eva. I have the predictions. Kernick! Siemens! Dr. Russell diagnoses a sickness. She says we all have it. A sickness where a wish for the green planet is so strong that our decisions are distorted.
0: Again, this green sickness thing is a lovely idea.
2: Hey! Sanderson, don't you see? We're just not sure anymore. After all we've faced together.
0: All our undocumented off-screen adventures.
2: You talk about freedom from John Kernick's command. I say let's start now. The four of us. Let's vote on what we do.
0: Oh, shut up. You're dead. You don't count. You don't have a voice.
2: It's Koenig as a dictator, isn't it? Not you.
0: Again, I like that as well. I like that notion of um, you know, Sanderson essentially becoming the thing that he hates. A, a potential dictator within his own little group.
2: I was in favor of evacuation.
0: Stevens has got his hand up, Chernig has got his hand up. Has got her hand up. Sorry, Greg. Do you
1: understand
2: that we have a responsibility to the others? We just took a vote, Greg. Do you abide by it? We're coming out.
0: Yeah, Ken Hutchinson gets some um, a, a lot of feedback on his performance, good and bad, I've seen, but as, as I said, generally I think he deserves mostly good. Carolyn Seymour is one of those actors who you just like in everything, but I don't see Nigel Pegram get uh, get much praise for his role in in this episode. I, I think that's the last we've seen of him now, but he's a a nice strong voice in that uh, that scene there. And speaking of nice strong things, I I'm always a sucker for stock footage of eagles taking off, departing the base en masse.
1: Evacuation complete, commander. Yay,
0: we did it! They've even taken some of the desks with them. Trouble. Those must have been fun to load into the eagles
2: Sanderson's missing He's still down there Somewhere on mm. Moonbase
0: Oh dear If only we had a security force Who could keep an eye on these things Ooh Stun blast there from Sanderson Has thrown Koenig across the room
2: Sanderson, listen to me There are two hours, twenty minutes to collision point
0: To orbit,
2: understand? And then we use
1: the transporters To transfer everyone to the new planet We'll be swallowed by red dust and toxic gases
0: this is also an episode that I feel could have worked in the, the first season.
1: There's no time, Tony. Stay where you are.
0: I think that's the, the hallmark of a good Space 1999 story is if you can imagine it fitting in the opposite season to the one it appears in. So, Sanderson has got Maya and Koenig hostage in command center. Everyone else is out on the eagles. I want to
2: know the moment
0: we go into orbit. Koenig no longer appears to have a, a gun. Oh no, he does have a gun. Why isn't Maya grabbing it and using it?
1: If atmosphere gets into our recycling system, our air will be
0: lethal. I love that Sanderson is holding the gun with both hands. Fresh I don't recall seeing anyone else using it that way. Again, it adds to the kind of mania of the man. And Eva is co-piloting with Alan.
1: Put the gun away, Greg.
0: Uh, if you're interested, Tony's eagle. Uh, Sandra is co-piloting with Tony and they've got Helena on board as well.
1: Nick Stevens,
0: all of us. You'll thank- but it's nice as well to look at that shot of the, all the eagles and think, oh, somewhere out there is is Fraser and Yasko and Vincent and Spencer and Alib and Petrov and all the rest of them. Dr.
1: Russell is right. It's an
0: hallucination. A mirage. Interesting effect there that um, Carolyn Seymour's head, she, she's looking at a different angle depending on what angle we're seeing the television screen at.
2: He has to to keep us on this
1: It's all in your mind! Greg, please do what the commander wants. Before all this happened you believed in him. Believe in him now. Believe in him? I've never believed in him!
0: I think the show could have done more, I think not only with this character, but similar characters. The idea that everybody, all 300-odd people on Alpha, are 100% gung-ho behind Koenig and his ideas. It's just not, it's not that believable. Especially in situations where, oh, we found a new planet. Who's going to go down to investigate? Oh, you know, Tony, Alan, Maya, the usual. And there's 280 odd people on Alpha who never get a look in. They must be getting frustrated. They must be getting cross. They must not want to be thrown across command center by a dinosaur monster. That's what Maya's turned herself into. Maya,
2: get
0: a brand new monster. Well, It's a new monster head on top of the old hairy monster body.
2: Why didn't you fire? Couldn't, it was
1: jammed on kill.
0: Why didn't you fire, Koenig? Where's your gun gone?
2: We've got less than two hours to set the atomic trigger. Let's go.
0: Because surely there is no chance of us finding Sanderson.
2: Well, there they are. The old nuclear waste silos.
0: Ah, the old nuclear waste silos. That takes me back to the time when they were blown to pieces.
2: We'll have to blast one of those concrete caps away, so we can lower the atomic trigger.
0: Again, unless Alpha is producing their own nuclear waste, I can't see this fitting with the the chronology of the first season, when we had two nuclear waste disposal areas and that seemed to be it. Anyway, Tony and Helena and Sandra, they think they've seen something on the surface, but the model shot doesn't really show us anything. What is that thing? What thing?
1: I don't know. We're not close enough.
0: Or magnify,
2: damn it.
1: I am trying.
0: I like it when Sandra gets cross with people. Yeah, but I think we're supposed to be able to see something there, and we kind of can't. There's the vaguest suggestion, I think, of sort of tracks.
1: It's a moon buggy. Ah, That's Sanderson.
2: John? Sanderson's down there waiting for you.
1: Scanners indicate that he is amongst the rocks, but I cannot pinpoint him from here.
0: Proof, if you ever needed it, that moon buggies can move faster than eagles. Uh, evidently.
2: Sanderson is down there! I know that.
0: <laughs> oh Alan's just itching for a fight. He wants to have a fight, he wants to tear his shirt, he wants to do something heroic. Is
1: that gonna give you enough
2: time? That's all the time we've got.
0: But sorry, Alan, Koenig is the only one who gets to be a hero this week. He's donning the
2: uh the
0: silver spacesuit for the really important missions.
2: To blast ourselves as far away from here as we
0: can get. Attach a great big explosive to. Uh, Good luck. The nuclear waste silo. It's oh, an anti-radiation helmet. I know because it says so on the helmet. And I'm sure I'm not alone in this, but as a kid, I always wondered how the uh, how the spacewalk sequences were achieved. I don't know if we're about to see any of them here, particularly yes, yeah, Koenig. Oh, see, they're on Blu-ray. You can see the edge of a trampoline that you wouldn't have seen on on SD and uh, and VHS and old broadcasts back in the day. No, no.
1: Right, Commander, we have no visual of Sanderson. Continuing to scan.
2: Eagle three calling Eagle six. Any movement in area three, Alan?
1: Eagle six. Nothing so far, Tony. We'll continue search.
0: Any other eagles want to pitch in here? Yasko, how's it looking from uh, where you are? again another reason for Koenig to be wearing the uh, the silver spacesuit which I believe is from Brian the Brain is uh, Sanderson's in the orange spacesuit we can't really have a fight uh, well we can have a fight with uh, two people wearing the same colour spacesuits we've done it before but it's, it's easier if they're wearing different colours we must be coming to the end of the episode the music has changed very abruptly into uh, either everything's about to blow up or we're going to have a big fight or possibly both music I love the second series score. I know a lot of people don't, and I can understand that, but uh, oh, I love it. It is a bit more of its time than the Barry Gray stuff, but uh, there's some really nice melodies in here. Sanderson's lining up to shoot Koenig. Koenig has placed his explosive charge. Oh, and Maya tried to take him out with the Eagle Cannons. Well, she succeeded, but uh, not before he hit her.
2: Maya? Can you
0: hear me? He's thrown her back behind the co-pilot's chair. I've
2: lost contact with
0: Maya. Oh, we've blown the cap on the explosive silo. The
2: trigger
0: now. Oh, we've still got to do that, haven't we, right? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, danger nuclear waste area. There's a sign there clearly saying it. This isn't nuclear waste area one. It isn't nuclear waste area two. I'm sure Breakaway, you know, it didn't say that there weren't more than two, but it highly suggested that um, there were only two. And uh, Sanderson, uh, having lost his gun, he's now reduced to lobbing big rocks in Koenig's direction. And again, I think the slow motion makes this uh, all a bit more exciting than it would be normally. Again, a hidden... Use of a trampoline there, and this time we didn't see it. Oh no! Sanderson got hold of Koenig, and he shoved him. How's our hero going to get out of this one?
1: My Tony! Can you hear me? Watch the damage?
0: Whoa! Koenig's given Sanderson a a proper somersault throw there. Come in, please. Oh. He's even knocked Sanderson's helmet visor open. But uh, that's not going to kill him. That never kills anyone in this show. Again, more hidden trampoline stuff as Koenig uh, bounces back to the silo. I like as well that he's generally more focused on just getting the charge into the silo than uh, than he is on his own safety. Because here comes Sanderson kicked him into it and again yeah this silo seems to be a bottomless pit unlike uh, some of the ones seen in in breakaway koenig is now hanging by his fingertips sanderson is giving them a good stepping on and i'm not sure i'm uh, I- i'm all on board with how uh, sanderson is dispatched here because uh well koenig essentially has to kill him it, so there he goes. Yeah, he's pulled him into the silo. Yeah, you get the impression there that it is a bottomless pit. Uh, I I know they were in a fight to the death. I know it was one man or the other, but uh, it 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 never feels right to me the idea of Koenig having to kill one of his own people. And that is basically what he did there. If it had been if this ending had been worked more as Sanderson accidentally blowing himself up you know, maybe Koenig sets the charge and goes back to the Eagle and Sanderson comes rushing in to stop it and gets blown up, caught, you know, caught in the explosion at the last minute. But for Koenig to actually be the one who who kills him...
2: Eagle 2, come in, please!
0: I don't know. Anyway, he's back on the Eagle. Well, at least someone wearing Koenig's spacesuit is back on the Eagle. I don't think that was Martin Landau. Meyer. Oh, dear. Open up. Again, I don't think this quite works, either. Meyer is stuck behind the door. Unconscious for a very long time.
2: I'm trapped.
0: She's stuck behind a chair that we know can extend forward with the slightest touch of a lever, so oh, yeah.
1: I can't reach the controls.
0: <sighs> and the fact as well that it's Maya. We know she can turn into anything. We know this is not a problem. She should have instantly gone, Oh yeah, I can do what I'm about to do now, and saved us thirty seconds. She's turned into a little girl. Ah, but again, you know, these seats, they do move forward. We've seen it happen multiple times, why can't she move it forward by herself? Ah, so little girl Meyer has opened the door to let Koenig in. See she's just done it. Koenig and Meyer have come back into the cockpit, they've both sat down and they have both moved the chairs forward with remarkable ease. What was stopping her from doing that before? Oh, I'm, I'm starting to rag on this episode and I don't want to, because this is a very well directed finale. The music is doing a lot, the actors are doing a lot, and we're nearly there, that's it. Oh, we have created another breakaway effect. Somehow. It was a good job we had that nuclear waste silo on hand. And they say such explosions are bad things on Earth. These these kind of huge explosions, they never do anything but good for Alpha. And that's it. The moon is no longer on a collision course. The moon
1: has changed course. Hey. We're no longer on a collision
0: course with Tora. Ah, and all those fires and massive damage. Well, if it happened, fixed off screen. And here we are uh, with a slightly strange ending for this episode. Because the actor playing Stevens looks a lot like one of the regular extras on the show. I don't know the extras name, but they're both in this scene, in this one shot together. Uh, Chernig and Eva and Stevens are among several Alphans being shown pictures of, well, what looks mostly like Black Park.
1: Looks
2: good.
0: This will cure their green sickness.
1: Doctor, how
2: much longer?
1: At least another hour and a half.
0: That's, this, yeah, this is the shot. There's an actor who is the exact double of Stevens, and it doesn't help that both men are in the reconnaissance section, as you can see from they're all in orange collars, and they're wearing red jackets.
1: I think your system will work? Mm-hmm. Principle's perfectly valid. Saturation equals boredom. Well
2: the figures you show on trees, meadows, and streams until I can't stand another blade of grass, right?
0: I don't think it works that way. Again, it's it's nice that the show raised the idea of, you know, green sickness as they call it. I think the way they resolve it... Oh, this is never going to be a problem anymore. We'll just show people pictures of fields. If anything, if I was on Alpha and I was feeling, you know, homesick and I wanted uh, to, you know, walk through green fields and anything, that would make me want it more. Anyway, we're ending on shots of Tony and Alan admiring, among others, Caroline Monroe, because evidently Alpha left orbit with, um... A lot of uh, glamour model shots In its database, either that or that's someone's Personal collection that's been uploaded for uh, for use Around the base, and that was the Seance Spectre And uh, that is one of my favourite Episodes of the second season, I do believe that is One of the the stronger episodes Overall, some lovely guest performances Again, um, you know Mr., Mr Hutchison, Mr Ken Hutchison Who uh, sadly is no longer with us Sometimes comes in for a bit of stick on this one But uh, I think he's done us quite well here With his performance as Sanderson